The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241, or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Hi, you're listening to W. BCA 102.9 FM. I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. The name of our show is Observation from the Trenches. That's right. Observation from the Trenches. This weekly talk show, again, is aimed at the group that I belong to, American-born blacks. But until we get our own designation to distinguish us from Caribbean and Africans, no disrespect towards no group, not against any group, have no axe to grind, not disparaging any group. But no group needs more attention to it than the group that I belong to. So I'm going to, during this hour broadcast, refer to us as ADOS. That acronym I got from Yvette Carnell and uh, Antone Moore, co-founders of uh, ADOS, it's a group that's, that's fighting for reparation and also for a black agenda. And it's not to disparage those who are of Caribbean descent or African descent, but it's really to focus on our group. And the reason being, because based on research from economists, ADOs, American descent of slavery, that's our lineage, our culture, who we came out of, we are now a permanent underclass. And in fact, many economists have said by 2053, we would be a permanent underclass. I agree with Dr. Claude Anderson, who wrote Power Numics and Black Wealth, I mean, Black uh, Labor, White Wealth. He said by 2014, 2015, well, we're there. The vast majority of our group, my group that I belong to, is wealthless, has no wealth. And we now know why that is. Because we are the only group that was deliberately impacted and disenfranchised by laws, slavery laws, Jim Crow laws, the black code, the black code laws, being uh, exempt from the New Deal laws, redlining laws, Kungit mortgage laws, GI Bill laws. These are laws that when America was up and coming, right, bustling, right, our parents, parents, parents were here, but they were locked out. So my focus is on my group, disparaging no group, no axe to grind. It's saying to my group, we need to really, 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 really come to terms with where we are as a group. And this is not an hour of gloom and doom or being pessimist or being negative. It's, take, it's just being honest with ourselves, where we are, where we are. As I had to look at myself 30 years ago to take a good look at where I was, I was working like, I was working like a lot of you guys are today. Making about 24, 25, maybe 27 grand gross. I say, hey, you're not going to make it. You're not going to do well. And my daughter was born in 91. And I just have a very honest, candid conversation with myself about where I was. And I had to come to realize I had to go back and upgrade my skills. Had to, and so were you. 
because you're not going to do well out here on a job making 15 or 20 bucks an hour. That is now the new minimum wage. So again, to think about my group, we have given the most to America. I always got back the least. Fought in the war, uh, fought in the war of it for independence, only to be re-enslaved. Every war America has had, Ados, American descendants of slavery, or black Americans, we fought in. Got nothing. We have been the most loyal and devoted of all the folks here, of all these immigrants here. We have been the most loyal and devoted. And we are not immigrants. We're Americans. Although I am an African ancestry, I have no ties to the continent. I got no aunts there, uncles, nieces, nephews. There's no village, no rituals, no nothing. I am an American, and I claim that. That's my birthright. It's my birthright to share the wealth of this city, this state, this country. I am American. I'm not African. And now that, that claim, African-American, right, don't even apply to us anymore. President Obama is an African-American. Not me, not you, not us. So until we come up with our own designation, we should distinguish us from other groups, okay? I'm going to, in this hour, refer to us as Ados, American descendants of slavery. That's my lineage. I can trace that back to the plantation. Yes, indeed. Got no problem with that. Got no problem with it. So I won't be here next Wednesday. So to close out this year, I want to speak, speak my mind, what's on my mind. To speak about things I have seen over, over this year, you know, that we need to, as a people, really, 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 really come to understand it's just us. And nobody's coming to save us. Nobody's coming to make policies aimed at us, despite what the research and the comments are saying. No politician, be he white, Black American, Indian, Caribbean, African, nobody's putting forth policies aimed at addressing our unique condition and predicament. Our legitimate grief against the federal government has been totally removed off the board. Everybody is getting attention but us because we chose to be the savior for everybody but us. And so now, our legitimate grievance against the federal government, right? The reason why affirmative action came out by Lyndon Bain Johnson in 1965, right, was to address slavery in a hundred years would amount to apartheid. And foolishly, foolishly, it caused Dr. King's life, and we have squandered that opportunity. It's gone. It's gone. Nobody did mention anything for American-born blacks or Ados only. None of us. Not even our own black American politician. None of them. It's all with, what, other, you know, minorities, other, you know, disadvantaged group, others, others. We were not made whole by affirmative action. We were not made whole by the 1964 Act of Civil Rights. And the reason being language. It did not specify who it was for. Any and everybody can come under that ordinance. And it's been weaponized to benefit everybody but the group 
who went out there, bled, died, and, and cried for and fought for it, benefiting everybody but us. And so last week, President Biden signed Marriage Equality Act. It was a big to-do hoopla, which means if you pull back the covers, what he's saying that men can marry men and women can marry women, and it's now law. The Supreme, the, the Supreme Court, nobody can underturn that, can overturn it. It's a law now. And that came about during President Obama's term with him and Eric Holder did not defend the Marriage Equality Act. They didn't defend it. And President Obama, right, went on, says, okay, you know, for same-sex marriages. And the whole institution, right, in my humble opinion, crumbled because what has been a cornerstone of civilization to the very beginning, marriages for men and women, now included men marrying men, women marrying women, and that was supposed to be, quote-unquote, marriage. But Biden said he had to change the heart. You might recall back here, when him and Obama was running, they both said, no, we believe marriage is between man and woman. But President Biden said he had a change of heart. He now believes because they is what do they love, who they love, it includes man on man, woman on woman. As I watched the ceremony at the White House, I see it's not running. He and President Obama can have a change of heart. All right, when it comes to same-sex marriages, or men marrying men, women, women marrying women, but they can't have a change of heart when it comes to reparation for black Americans or, or, or Adolf. No change of heart on that. Nope, nope. Despite all the research and data showing the despicable, deplorable behavior that we face because of the federal government okayed and sanctioned that behavior, they cannot have a change of heart when it comes to reparation for black Americans or a new deal for us. Okay, or policy aimed at us only. No, no, no change of heart. But you can have a change of heart when it comes to the institution of marriage. And what's really ironic as I watched this ceremony, and I would really encourage all of you, if you don't, tune into C-SPAN, Washington Journal. It comes on every Monday. It comes on Monday through Sunday from 7 to 10. And you get to hear people, see the policymakers. You get to see what's going on. You know, and it's unbiased, and you get to see firsthand where America's headed. But again, as I watched the signing and all these folks clearing and chapping, clapping and cheering, I see it's not ironic that we as a community are so, say, uh, involved with, 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 with the faith, Christian faith, Jesus Christ, you know, Jesus Christ. But not one religious sect was out there protesting or showing opposition. Now think about it. Not one. Nobody's out there saying, no, 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 no. This ain't okay. This ain't okay. And so now, it's now the law of the land. And so what has Democrats done for the backbone of the party 
potatoes for black Americans, nothing. Absolutely nothing. And so everybody's getting something but the group who comes out there and vote 90% for Democrats across the board. Everybody gets something but us. Illegals, they're getting something. They've been flying, they've been flowing all over the country. And we are paying for it, our tax dollars, all right, to, to put them up, feed them, close them, shelter them, put them in schools, whole nine yards, think we're cities. But we get nothing. Gays got what they want. They now can marry. It's not a law of the land. Asian got the Asian hate bill. All right. It was a summit also on uh, anti-Semitism. And when I when I think about Asian hate bill and anti-Semitism, when did black Americans have an issue with Asian or Jewish community? They don't even live in the hood with, with us. You think about it. How many Jewish people live in the hood with us? How many Asian people live in the hood with us? Not many. Every city I've been to, there is what? A, a, a Chinese restaurant or Asian restaurant that black Americans, right, patronize. So again, to show a few blacks, you know, beating up or even murdering the Asian, which is despicable and deplorable, I get that. But to paint us as anti-Asian, come on now, or anti-Semitic, because of what Conway, Conway uh, West said, you know, come on now. But i tell you why they can do it. There's no organization that has our backing and that's respected that can speak on our behalf. So there's no pushback. There's no opposition to these, 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 these outlandish comments that folks can make that black Americans all got issues with Asians or, or with, the, with the Jewish community. They don't live around us. They don't, they don't, I don't know if anybody having a conversation about the Asian community or the Jewish community. So to paint us as being anti-Semitic or anti-Asian, right, is a false narrative. Yes, you can show some blacks, you know, attacking Asian and Jews, but, 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 but for the Jewish community, it's not us, you know, going to synagogues. Those are Caucasian people, other people. I don't know of any uh, incident where you had blacks going in there, right, killing Jewish people. So, and to try to tie what, you know, what, what Mr. West said to the whole group, it's ridiculous. But we got no organization with respect of our community that can speak on our behalf only. Therein lies our dilemma. Nobody speaks for us. Not even the, not even the so-called the Congressional Black Caucus. None of them speak for us. They are silent. It's just us, baby. It's just us. Also, and this build back better. Understand, because you know I do uh, watch these shows on uh, C-SPAN and other programs. About forty billion dollars allocated for Ukraine. Well, the way I look at that between. Uh, Russia and them, it's like white on white crime. It's like white folks fight, killing white folks. Now, over there in Africa, when they were slaughtering each other, wasn't no, wasn't no billions of dollars. They didn't spend no billions of dollars over there. It didn't make the news every night. Over there in Haiti right now, they're over there beating up each other, killing each other. You know, huh, 
making no news. They ain't getting, they ain't getting no, uh, what I call, no check, no bag. But Ukraine, because they're white and they're in Europe, we got to do something. It's in the, in the, you know, our national interest. How so? How so? But the Congressional Black Caucus voted who voted to be there, looking out for, on our interest, they all co-signed it. So when they see so-called Build Back Better, well, they're getting a good piece of chain, cash and hardware, they're getting. But the backbone of the Democratic Party, ADOs, American-born blacks, get absolutely nothing. Nothing, nada. Nothing that makes our life better. And the Build Back Better bill, nowhere does it specify, right, what you're going to get. It does not specify how that money is going to be spent, what kind of projects, how many contracts, black American contractors might get, how many jobs. It don't specify nothing. Roads and, bridge, roads and bridges. Well, duh. Nowhere to specify what we're going to get. Because we leave out specificity. Because our folks are not trying to be specific. Well, what are we going to get? No, 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 no. We ain't talking about everybody else. What is old what is old Ada's gonna get? What are we gonna get? Period. And so the group that they can count on, step on, spit on, this disrespect and disregard, always go for the okie the okie dope. It's our job to save democracy. They're trying to undermine our democracy into you, to you, Ado's community, to you now. What has democracy done for us? Really now? What has it done for us? What has that Constitution done for us? What's it done for us? What has it done to make our life better? Since emancipation from 1865 to now, it's 150-plus years. 150-plus years. What has democracy or that so-called, you know, Constitution done to elevate our group? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But we always fall for the okey-doke. Voter suppression, they're trying to suppress the vote. I say take the damn vote. Excuse my language. I'm not comfortable because, because, because I can vote. I am doing okay because well, I have sufficient wealth to cover and get services that I need to be comfortable. Not because I can vote. Voting and paying, but don't pay my mortgage. My car note, it does not, it does not allow me to absorb or take on my daughter, my daughter's, you know, college tuition expenses. It didn't do that. All them folks come, coming across that border, right? All the folks that you see coming across that border, they're not coming to vote or for democracy or for the Constitution. They're coming for financial, financial, to make their life better. They got freedom in their country. They're free. But they're impoverished. They're destituted. Nobody comes here to vote. But we always suck it into, if we don't stand, there goes the country. There goes democracy. Somebody died for you to vote. Somebody walked 50 miles for you to vote. You know, all that emotional crap that does nothing to elevate our quality of life. I could give a darn about voting. Take it like it is. Because right now, neighbor, politics is not going to be 
able to do anything for us. And the reason being, without specificity, without specifying who that policy is for, anything called general or for the collective, the whole country, the whole city, it's going to do nothing to elevate our group. Our group. So again, politics has lost, lost its significance to do anything for us. We've lost that. We've squandered that. And so now, our issues are not even on the table. And hopefully, the young folks who were born in 1980 and after, hopefully they will build a, you know, organization that's focused on ADOs only and stay on that square. Let the other group fight for themselves. Not disparaging them. Not against them. Not, not, not against them. You go to any of their websites. Matter of fact, last week, they had the African Nation in there. They also, I saw them on, on, on uh, C-SPAN. During their conference, all right, that Biden was there, all right, not one time did he mention us. Not one time they said, oh, oh, but what about the American blacks? You know, what about those brothers and sisters? That term, brothers and sisters, not one mention of us. Not one. Same with the Asian community, Hispanic community. Nobody mentioned us. So why do we feel compelled as our duty to include everybody in our grievance? Native Americans, they don't mention us. I saw them on C-SPAN, okay, conference, right? And rightfully so. They are fighting for their group, for their own people. And so as I look back over, this, over 2022, right, we've been foolish. We're just, a, we're just a foolish, emotional group of people led by non-leaders. They're not leaders. They won't fight for us. They won't speak on our behalf. Because they do, they're afraid they're going to lose that bag. Think about it. It's not a bad gig to have in politics. Nice environment. You know, you sit around talking, creating laws, you know, make $100,000, $200,000 on a federal level. They ain't a bad piece of change, you know. Well, once you get there, you become comfortable. You become, well, we got to slow our road. And so once you get there, the fight leaves them, leaves them. They're just hell-bent on, hey, doing for self and taking care of themselves. And we get what I call Melanin representation. They did it there to show us, but they ain't doing nothing for us. So again, you come back to square one, you're on your own. I say in America, this country runs on skills, skills. There's two concepts you need to understand when it comes to capitalism. Capitalism. There's capital and labor. Capital needs labor to produce what? goods and services to make a profit. It will only pay labor if it has to. That's why you need to be trying to acquire high income skills whereby you can extract the highest level of dollars for your labor. But you can do well for yourself, your family, and have life on your terms. You need to understand you must be about acquiring high income essential skills in this thing called capitalism or this free market system. Because we have no wealth, but yet your labor. And most of us 
all of us come from, come from what I call humble beginning. Humble, meaning there was no inheritance for my parents because my parents didn't get anything because we just locked out. So we got to be about creating opportunities for ourselves. So again, it's about coming to the realization that if I'm not about, if I'm not, if I'm not about trying to upgrade my skills where I can better myself, right, tomorrow, then what I'm doing today, I'm foolish. You're saying that you want to struggle all your life and leave that same existence to your children. America is a great country. It truly is. When you have sufficient wealth to be comfortable, it's a great place to be. It truly, truly is. So again, if I look back over 22, right, we need to come to realization that she, that she don't love us. She never respected us. She never, ever, ever appreciated us or desired us. Just, on, just, just a user for her own benefit. That's all it was. All about creating wealth for her. And being there at her beck and call. And when she didn't need us, we were discarded. In the last 30 years with all this massive immigration, illegal, we are totally obsolete. And so you're not, you're not, needed, you're not needed for cheap labor. You're not needed for inter-level labor. You're not even needed for professional labor. Why, Larry? Because these other folks don't bring a grievance. There's no grievance against America. There's a grievance there. There's a grievance with us. We were hurt. We were disadvantaged here. Other groups, huh, hey, white folks okay with me, and they okay with white folks. So they really hired them than us. And so in the last 30, 40 years, all this massive immigration here, legal, most of, most of these folks are illegal, you know. They are, they are illegal. What you see at the top of the border, that's been going on since 1965. Most of these folks here are illegal, no matter how long you've been here. So you're not needed. So not disparaging them, not begrudging them. It's on us. We need to, we need to recognize where we are, where we stand here. So... Civil rights movement has failed. Civil rights has failed. It failed to achieve what King envisioned, which was us being elevated and treated as full-fledged citizens with all the personal benefit. It failed. It failed to do that. So we are, as a group, at square zero. We're back at square zero. And so if you don't understand, if you're not trying to upgrade your skills, acquire income, high-income skills, and I do not, I do not mean going to college, you're foolish. And most folks in Boston, like in, like in, in every, uh, most of these cities, are already on some kind of what? Gummy subsidy. So if you don't do anything to change that, right, you stay down there on that bottom. Just getting by. And passing that same spirit onto your children. Well, it's almost 6.30. I'm going to take a break in a, in a couple of minutes, but just putting it out there. Biden signed the uh, marriage, marriage, equality, marriage Equality Act because he changed his mind on same-sex marriage, but he has not changed his mind when it comes to reparations for us. But, y'all vote, but we vote for him as a group. We vote for Democrats in the high 80s and 90s, be it local, state, or federal. Why? And you get nothing. We get nothing in exchange for our loyalty and devotion. 
It's one thing when Trump said, what you got to lose? We should, say, we should say, you know, President Trump, you're right. Our schools are horrible. They suck, in other words, right? We got no wealth. Our communities, you know, for the most part, disaster. Democrat run. We get nothing. What do you propose for American blacks only? What do you propose it for? We should, we should have said. We ain't got nothing Biden. We got nothing for President Obama. We should have said. What, what, what a mature person would have said. Mature people said, you're right, President, Obama, uh, President Trump. You're right. What do you propose for our group? Only. Only. What do you propose to do for us? But no, we just went around. He's a racist. 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 We ain't got nothing from, from, from Biden Harris. We ain't got nothing from Biden Harris. From President, from President Biden, you ain't got nothing. We say Georgia Senate seat, we didn't get nothing. We, we didn't get nothing from him when he was there before. So now you got six years to do nothing. I don't understand this. One of them didn't do nothing. We was there. He ain't gonna do nothing now. Nothing. He proposed to go uh, benefit us only. Because he won't even say that. They won't even say that. Uncle everybody, uncle everybody, everybody. Baby, too late for that. It's too late for that. We need specificity. City, state, federal, aimed at us only. We are dead last. We are a permanent underclass. I'm going to take a break. Be back in a second again. You're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM. Name of the program, Observation from the Trenches. That's right. Observation from the Trenches. I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. I'll be back. Don't go nowhere. And we, we, we will continue with a little bit of dialogue. Uh-oh. Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He's starting with the woots. <laughs> <laughs> and now a speech. I just want to say that friendship is about heart. Heart and brain. Who's with me? Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. And my brain is saying, when it's time to go home, somebody call me a ride. Love that guy. Me too. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. I'm back. Again, you're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM. The name of my program is Observation from the Trenches. I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. And again, this hour is primarily aimed at American-born blacks, or ADOs, as I like to be uh, referred to, American descent of slavery. And until we come up with our own designation, that's what I want to uh, make reference to when I talk about us. Reason being, we must dis- distinguish between Caribbean, African, and us. We're not, we're not the same. What brought them here is not what brought you and me, but brought you and I here. Our lineage not the same. Culture ain't the same. Our needs ain't the same. Our struggle not the same. We've been fighting this thing called white racism for 40 years. We've been fighting this fight against white racism for 40 years. 40 years. That's not their fight. As a matter of fact, when they come here because of independence that many countries seized in the 50s and 60s, that means that their brain, their pores, have been detoxed from white racism or colonialism. So race don't mean to them what it means to us. Race does not mean to them what it means to us. We are the only group that will never, ever know what it's like not to be under the charge 
the influence of the black community. We will never know what that feels like. But these Caribbeans and Africans, they know what that feels like because why? They have been independent since the 50s and the 60s. So they come over here after 30 or 40 years of being independent. Race don't mean none to them. They come in what? For the dollars, for the bag. They're coming to enhance their quality of life through the finance, through the financial. They come to get paid. And so, again, we need to stop calling for allies where there's no connection other than melanin, and that might be English. We might be even know African ancestry, but that's about it. There's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing that binds us together. So we make a bad mistake by assuming these folks are allies when they're not. It's not disparaging anybody or against anybody. It just is what it is. It is what it is. So I'm just here to say there's time for us to take an honest look at where we are. And I'm not into gloom and doom. I'm not into, I'm not into being negative or pessimist. I'm meant to be honest with myself about where I am, where I stand, and what I must do to create a better tomorrow. And so must you. And so must the group. We must be honest with ourselves about where we are. And to say that what caused King his life has been squandered. The opportunity we had for a few years after King was murdered for interaction. You're getting things. You're being, getting, getting into arenas you, 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 you were denied. That's been totally, totally gutted. Gutted. So we're back to square zero in 2022. And we need to be honest with ourselves about where we are. And you have to be about acquiring high-income skills, get up that bottom. Because right now, I watched the report that says, right now, since Biden has taken over, over Five million people have come to their southern border, and it's just not Spanish-speaking. It's from all over the world, all over. Meaning that people are flying into Mexico to come to their border because they know once they get that border and cross on the U.S. soil, they can now apply for asylum or whatever. And you got to, you know, give them due process, although it's going to take years and years, if ever. So, folks, uh, being dropped off, bust off all over the country. They said five million. Those are the ones they caught in the last two years. It might be seven million. They don't know. They don't know. And where are they heading? To a city near you. To a city near you. Who's going to be adversely impacted? Adels. Who's always been impacted negative, negative, negatively? Us. Housing. Education, employment, social services, all those things. Us. And we should stop saying that they that they taken our job. No, they did not take our job. White folks gave it to them. They preferred them over us. Why? There's no grievance. Yes, they would work, they work for less, that's true. But there's a grievance here. There's a, there's a legitimate grievance with our community against the federal government, but what it allowed to trans to transpire against us. There's no grievance there. So stop saying the immigrants took took our job. No, they did not. White folks gave it to them. And now 
the last 30, 50 years. Now, they can not hire their own people for cheap labor. So it ain't the white folks exploiting them. Everybody exploiting them. Everybody. So again, please refrain from saying that. No, they did not take our jobs. White folks hired them because they wanted to, and they could. Another thing you need to understand, I saw a report, you know, that about 15,000 black American students have left the BPF, Boston Public School, for the life of me. For the life of me. I don't know why the so-called elite of this city, black American people, don't say, hey, we need to run our own school, get our own curriculum, set our own criteria, set our own standards. Because we can't do no worse than what's been done for the last 30, 40 years since Brown Board of Education. We can't do, we can't do no worse. We should have never, ever went for integration. Why, Larry? All those black teachers, principals, administrators, all was let go due to, due to immigration. Folks who loved and cherished us, our kids, let go. We went into a hostile environment that, that has produced dismal, dismal results for the collective. And when they get a, when they get a shining star, oh, she's the first one to go to Harvard. He's the first one to finish high school. He's the first one to go to college. Whoopie, whoopie, do. Whoopie, whoopie, do. We hear that first analogy. You know, the collective got lost. It's done nothing for the collective. So you can always highlight the exception. Oh, his mama worked four jobs. Daddy ran off. Look at him now. He owns a whole city. Whole city. The exception. But we never talk about the rule. The rule is the vast majority of black American kids in the system, right, don't get nothing. Don't get nothing. So now, DPS, for the most part, is a system of immigrants. Illegals at that. And they're talking about the dreamers. They still are illegal. Those kids coming across that border, they are illegal. And we need to also change the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment came because of slavery. Why, Larry? The Southern Democrats were saying that our ancestors who was recently, who was recently uh, freed were not citizens. Although it was, the only country, it was the only country we knew. It was the only country we knew. They passed the 14th Amendment. But what it didn't do, it didn't specify who, who it was for. It should have said, this is for the Negroes. This is for the Negroes. For the Negroes. It just said, if you're born on American soil, you're a citizen. Again, the importance of language. And those so-called framers, those writers never envisioned this invasion. I call it invasion. When you got five million people, right, in a country, that's an invasion. Nowhere I've been in the world, I've been blessed to travel. Be the Caribbean, Africa, Europe. Nowhere in the world would a country allow, allow five million adults, American born blacks, to come into that country and be supported, right, and assisted by the government. Over their own people. Nowhere in the world I've been. Nowhere. Nowhere in the world. Why? 
Everything that goes on in America benefits some segment of the white community. Everything benefits some segment of that of that population. Nothing goes on here that does not benefit them. And illegal immigration benefits them. And the Congressional Black Caucus signs off on it. Signs off on it. Nobody's saying at who expense. Who does this hurt? Who must now put them up or accommodate them? What group must do that? Us. Because we have no institution to fight for us. We got no leadership on the political level, be it city, state, or federal. We are nothing but a doormat. A doormat. That's why I say you must get off that bottom. I'm talking to you from experience. I was down there 30 years ago making 30, 35 grand, if, if that. I had to go back and upgrade my skills to position myself to do what I'm doing today. So were you. So were you. There's no getting around that. And if you don't understand that, right, what you're saying, you're okay with your family down there barely making it. And I contend being out, out in the trenches doing direct wraparound mental health service that too many of our people in the last 30, 40 years have become complacent and okay just getting by. You pass that same lethargic spirit to your children. Just getting by. Nobody's coming to save you, baby. Nobody's coming to make life better for you. Pushing that dream house, that dream community. Nobody's coming. If you don't have the FICO score and the income, you ain't coming. See, the white community ain't worried about you folks coming to Canton or Sharon or Weston or Newton or Cambridge. They ain't worried about that. Because why? Wealth blocks all that. You have a certain level of income come out there. You have got to have a certain FICO score get out there. So they can be very what? You know, progressive and liberal. Because why? They know you're not good. They're not, they're not going to have their schools inundated with these people or the community with these people. They know that. They know that. So who has to absorb them? You guessed it. The bottom cast. Us. Across this country. Us. And you sold this con, this con game. They're just searching for opportunity. They're trying to, trying to get with more pressure. This has been going back 30, 40 years, people. So, again, it's all about dollars, baby. Dollars. People come in for the bag. They come here to extract as much of the financial wealth out of America for them and theirs where they can live better, increase their quality of life. If it means replacing or displacing you, so be it. So be it. And we need, to, we need to stay on our own square, fight for our own people, and stop trying to be the savior of everybody but ourselves. We didn't save ourselves, people. Affirmative action failed. Civil rights failed. It failed us. We now are a square zero. Another thing that's, 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 that's been bugging me, Roe versus Wade. 
You know, since that became law back in what, the 70s, I read a stat where it said about, about 19,000 black babies had been aborted. About 19,000. There's about, what, 46, 48,000 black Americans in this country. You said just, just, just tracked out the Caribbean and, uh, and Africans. So in, during this year, lifespan this law, right, almost, um, almost 19,000 black babies have been aborted. Almost half the race. And most of these abortions did not involve incest or rape. Did not involve it at all. It involved two people who had no protection on. She had no birth control. He had no rub on. And I can assure you, matter of fact, I'm pretty darn sure this here. If you have intimacy or sex without no protection, it's a darn good chance you will become a parent. There's no such thing as an unplanned pregnancy. It's nothing but propaganda and a lie. It's to sell this here thing called abortion, which, in my humble opinion, having a daughter too, all right, it's preventable. There is enough information, there's enough, uh, you know, knowledge about how to prevent becoming a mother, father, before your time. But again, we don't teach being responsible. You have control over your libido. I have control over my libido. So what has Roe v. Wade done for black Americans, especially women? What's what it done for you? How has it, how has it increased your quality of life? Home ownership. The racial wealth gap, income gap. What has it done for black America, female? What? What? I can't see nothing that's done. But our black American politician, my choice, my body, you're broke. You're broke. No wealth. You're fighting with something that don't mean a can of beans. It's done nothing to enhance your quality of life. Nothing. Totally nothing. And it's something that, A, which is a little bit of responsibility could be could have been prevented. You don't have to be a father in this day and age or a mother. They got all kind of invention to prevent that. But we always want to right excuse folks from being responsible and reliable for their own behavior. What is it done for us? I'm just saying. Nothing. Nothing. And it benefits white women. Why is it for white women? Oh, by the way, we also got some black females who might need abortion. Throw them in there. But it was a white woman's movement. This, the whole feminist movement, the whole feminist movement for white women. Ain't done, ain't done nothing of us. Ain't done nothing to uplift our group that, 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 that I can see. And the reason being, we were subdued as a group. As a group, Adolf, black men, black women, black, black children were subdued as a group. It was not gender specific. Oh, we're going to, you know, excuse the women, but we're going to, you know, oppress them, the men. No, we were oppressed, exploited as a group. And I believe we should stop getting on these so-called initiative 
that does nothing to elevate the group. Dr. King was murdered for collective group uplift, not for a few black Americans being the first one here, the first one over there. You know, he, he didn't die for that. You listen to any of those YouTube interviews, speeches, nowhere, nowhere. You talk about individuals. He worked for collective uplift for the Negro. He was not there fighting for white women, no, no disrespect, or for Caribbean women here, or Africans, or Asian, or folks from India, or the Spanish. He always said for the Negroes. Negroes. And why, why in God's name, we try to take on everybody else's uh, uh, dilemma beyond me. Another thing, these final minutes I want to throw out here. Rap has become weaponized against our youth. If you listen to these lyrics, you know, on this on platform, listen to it. Even the women, the, the women, they want to be gangster. They 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 in the so-called exploit other women. Let's listen, just listen, listen to, to the lyrics. What you hear, you manifest. So, however rap started, look what it's transformed into. And our kids are living out this despicable, deplorable living condition, being a gangster. And then get on these platforms bragging about who they done stuck up, shot up, beat up, or whatever. Parents, you need to take a listen to what your kids listen to. You need to see what they're putting into their spirit. And I contend that rap, forget how it started out, you know, Curtis Blow, Cool Mo D, you know, Big Daddy Kane. Look what it has evolved into. Listen to, listen to the lyrics. They're living and talking about the life they're living. They're still saying it is deplorable, despicable how I'm living. They're glorifying it. They're glorifying hurting each other, maiming each other, terrorizing each other, killing each other. Just disrespecting Black women, period. They all number H's, 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 B's, H's, B's. Listen to the lyrics that your kids listen to. Listen to the words that your kids are absorbing in their spirit. It's garbage. Pure garbage. And until we build an organization that can hold our own people to, to, to the fire and say, this, this is not acceptable. This is not acceptable. We're going to always be losing young people and be saying, it's a shame. It's a shame. It's a shame. It's a shame. Well, garbage in, garbage out. And the executive, be they Jewish, white, black, whomever, as long as money being made, right, you can denigrate yourself, degrade yourself, Debase yourself, say anything you want to. Under what? Free speech. But you better not say it about us. You better not say it about our women. Or killing white men. 
or Jewish people or Asian people. No, you can't say it about us. But if you want to end yourself today, end, 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 go right ahead, my brother. Just America, free speech. Go right ahead. Anything you want to do is okay with us. Anyways, I come to uh, the end. Remember, I won't be here uh, next Wednesday, but I will be back. I think it's January uh, 3rd or 4th, that Wednesday, the new year. I want you to be prosperous. I want you also just uh, think about, we got to do something different. This ain't working for us. You know, voting has failed. If it ain't specificity, if you're not voting for policy for us only, voting is no longer an option for us. It's no longer an option. It's obsolete. It's gone. Gone, gone, gone. That's why I say you must, you must, you must, you must upgrade your skills. There's no other way, there's no other way to get off that bottom than without having high-income skills that allow you to live life on your terms. Otherwise, you're going to leave your kids nothing. Nothing. Because you can't leave much with making 20 bucks an hour. And you're already being subsidized. So I hope you have enjoyed my observations from the trenches. Again, uh, I'll be back again uh, first Wednesday in, in 2023. I hope God bless you. Have a great Christmas or whatever you celebrate, you know. Don't eat too much, you know, try to stay in shape. Uh, but, you know, we need to just come to some realization, right? This ain't working. This is not going to work for us. It's not going to work for us at all. Again, you've been listening to WBCA 102.9 FM. Name of the show is Observation of the Trenches. I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. And again, again, to share my thoughts on what I'm seeing out here. And I can assure you, all right, that if we don't do nothing different, you won't get nothing different. Because this is not working. It was not intended to work for us. So until 2023, God bless you and be safe. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119, attention WBCALP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.